girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, four times in this passage, the scriptures encourage us to stand. And we look at those uh, four statements and I'll group them into three occasions when the passage tells us to stand. The first time we see the encouragement to stand is in verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God yeah, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And in that context, it says if we're going to stand, we have to stand against something. So you're not just standing by standing, but you're standing in resistance. You're standing in opposition. You're standing against something. And what are the things that we're supposed to stand against? We're supposed to stand against whatever the devil throws at us. Whenever you take a stand for God, you have to deal with spiritual attacks. So Paul calls those spiritual attacks principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, and he calls them hosts of wickedness. That means a lot of wicked stuff. So... For a person who resolves to live a holy life for God, there will be all kinds of things you have to stand against. The day you decide, I will stop smoking, somebody will smoke right in front of you. The day you say, I'll stop drinking alcohol, I'll not get drunk again, somebody is going to send you a nice bottle of wine, which you got this Christmas. The devil is a liar. That Christmas present was not from God. Because you had determined that you will not drink. And then they sent you a drink. It is something coming against you. The day you decide, oh, I'm going to live holy. Oh, I'll be faithful to my wife. Then somebody comes around and gives you a call. For the person who wants to build a good marriage, you have to expect that there will be evil powers that come against you. For the person who wants to succeed in your life's mission, there will be all kinds of arrows thrown at you to bring you down. You have to make a decision that whatever Satan throws against you, you're going to stand. Whatever comes against you, you're going to stand. Whether it's a conspiracy of the devil, whether it's a principality coming against you, whether it's a power coming against you, you're going to stand. And you are here because the devil threw all kinds of arrows against you, but here you are on 31st December still standing. Stand against everything that Satan throws against you. Stand against the feeling that you are losing. The feeling that you are losing is probably one of your greatest enemies. When people feel they are losing, they lose. When you feel it's not working, it won't work. When an athlete feels she or he is losing, their muscles will freeze up. When a football team feels it is losing, it concedes a lot of goals. You can have a football team playing, two teams playing, goalless. For a long time, nobody's scoring a goal. Everybody defending well. And then somehow, one team concedes a goal. And they just, the resolve breaks down. They start feeling they are losing. And the goals pile on, 
pylon, pylon. They're almost as if one moment they are strong, the next moment they are weak. Because they have a feeling they are losing. If you think you are losing, you will lose. Never allow your mind to tell you that you are losing or that you've lost. You have to stand against that. If you feel somehow at this end of the day, you feel, oh, it's been a bad year for me. Oh, it didn't work out for me. Oh, life has been so impossible. Oh, I don't think I'm going to win. The devil is playing a trick on you. He's coming against your mind. He wants you to feel you are losing. And if you feel you're losing, you would lose. You have to stand against the spirit of weariness and tiredness. There's a story of a lady called Florence Chadwick. Florence Chadwick was a swimmer and the first woman to swim across the English Channel in 1950. And everybody hailed her as a great swimmer. She took on a challenge to swim from what is called Catalina Islands. It is off the coast of uh, California in the United States. And she was swimming from Catalina Islands to the mainland California. It's a 26-mile distance. Florence Chadwick, which is, who is a well, world swimmer, world class, everybody knew her as a formidable person, decided to take on this 26-mile swim. And as happens usually when you're swimming, you're not alone. There will be other boats and there will be sometimes people, your coach, urging you on, keep on swimming, keep on swimming. So she starts swimming. And as she swam across, getting close to the California uh, mainland, a fog developed, thick fog, cloud, and she couldn't see. And she kept going and going, but she couldn't see. And people were encouraging her. Actually, her mother was in one of the boats near to her and telling her, Florence, go, Florence, go, Florence, go. But she couldn't see and she felt like she's going nowhere. She felt she's not making progress. She's swimming in circles because she can't see the end. So somewhere in that whole effort when she's swimming, and it's not that she's just exhausted, but just she can't seem to, she feels she's losing. So eventually she signals to the boat and says, I'm quitting I can't swim any longer. So they picked her up. This is in 1952. They picked her up and uh, took her to the coast. And when they took her to the coast, she realized that she had swum for 25 miles and a half. 25 and a half miles. She had only half a mile to go. And she was later interviewed and asked, Why did you quit? She said, because I couldn't see the coast of California. I couldn't see it. If the devil wants you to quit, he will make you stop seeing it. That it's over. It's, it, it can't work again. The marriage is over. The business is over. Your life is over. Nothing is going to work. And when he puts that cloud in front of you, you may be the best swimmer, you may be the best athlete, you may be the most intelligent person, you may be uh, educated to the highest level, but if he forks your understanding and you don't see it and the fog just stays in front of you and you don't see it, you're going to quit. And I came here to tell somebody this morning, you've swum for 25 and a half miles. What is left is less than what you have conquered. You have worked hard. You have labored hard. You have stood firm. You have survived adversity. You have overcome impossible situations. Stand! 
Because right across the street, there is a victory waiting for you. Right across the street, there is victory waiting for you. Right across the the year, God is bringing you into something bigger and better. God is bringing you into fulfillment. You've You've done all the hard work already. Don't stop swimming. Don't stop running. Don't stop standing. Don't give up now. Tell somebody I'm still standing. And I will keep standing. The greatest tragedies in life occurs when people work so hard and fail at the last moment. Because they are discouraged. They are weary. They've tried and tried and tried and tried. And they feel like they've made no progress. But I'm just here to tell you, you are making progress. You are swimming well. You are standing strong. Keep standing. Keep swimming. You are making progress. You're going to get there. It's hard. Your muscles are weak. The storms are getting against you. The fog is blinding you. You can't see. But as you keep swimming, you are getting closer and closer to your destination. Keep standing. So Paul says to us in Ephesians, stand against the wiles of the devil. The second time he tells us to stand is in verse 13. He says, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Paul encourages us to withstand and to do everything we have to do to stand. Having done all to stand. If you're going to do, if you're going to stand, you have to do everything you have to do to stand. Do everything. Pull your intestines along. Pull your lungs along. Pull your heart along. Even when your muscles are tired, let your heart keep beating. Having done all to stand in, what Paul is saying is, don't be half-hearted about this thing. Don't be passive. Don't say, well, maybe I'll stand. Maybe I'll stand. Maybe it's good. Maybe it won't be good. Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I won't make it. He says, do everything to stand. Do everything. So what are the things that we have to do to keep standing? We have to pray for grace to keep standing. We stand by grace. Pray that God will keep you and keep you standing. You have to do a lot of prayer because the battles of life require a lot of prayer and prayer for grace to keep standing. Pray. Seek God's face. Don't only just pray but learn from people who kept standing. Look for the people who kept standing and saw God's faithfulness in the end. In the Bible, you see many records of people who stood. Abraham stood. At 75, he was told he was going to be the father of many nations. He's going to produce a, a great child, a promised child through his wife, Sarah. The experience was so profound, he thought it was going to happen the next year. I mean, how are you going to feel if God himself shows up and says, I'm going to give you a child? I mean, that's not just another human being saying it or your doctor saying, yeah, yeah, it's possible you have a child. But God, Jehovah, 
comes and says you have a child. You think it will happen next year. 75, it didn't happen. 76, it didn't happen. 77, it didn't happen. 78, it didn't happen. 80, it didn't happen. Whoa, did I hear right? 81, it didn't happen. 82, it didn't happen. 89, it didn't happen. He says, I'm sure he said, now my 90th birthday. God will give me a birthday present. 90, it didn't happen. 95, it didn't happen. 96, it didn't happen. 97, it didn't happen. More than 20 years have gone. 99. Finally, God shows up and says, next year about this time, your wife Sarah will laugh and embrace a child. From 75, it, you give a promise to an old man, and then you wait another 25 years. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? The man is old already. But the Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was persuaded that faithful is he who has promised who also will do it. Learn from Abraham. Keep standing. David kept standing. He was 17 years old in his hometown in Bethlehem. One day a bearded man came. He's called Samuel. He says he's a prophet. And he says God has told him to anoint David king. If you are anointed king at 17, you think the next year you'll be on the throne. And I'm sure he's rehearsing his wave. You know, how he'll wave as a king. How he'll walk as a king. He's beginning to imagine himself as a king. But then life begins to get difficult for him. He goes to face Goliath. And then his father-in-law decides to mess up his life and conspire. The father-in-law, Saul, actually gave his daughter to David to trap him. What kind of father-in-law is that? And from then, he goes through the hardest period of his life. He's hiding in the wilderness. He's hiding in caves. At a certain point, he had to behave like a madman. He had to spit on his own beard. And, and he's going through all of that from age 17 to age 30. And he became king. David stood. David stood. And you will stand too. The Bible is full of stories of people who stood. But for me, the person who stood most in my reckoning, I, I appreciate Paul. I appreciate Abraham and David and all of those who stood. But listen to how Paul himself describes his story. And, and Paul stood, if you want to learn, this is what Paul describes himself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 28, this is what he says. In labors abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. In other words, I've been killed many times. Literally, it's not a figure of speech. They stone him and kill him and he comes out to life. Kill him and comes out to life. He said, I've died many times in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. 39 lashes. <laughs> five times. And, and when they lash you, those ones is not like the cane we used to be cane with in primary school. This, this, this lash, when they lash you, it tears off your skin. People don't survive it once. He survives it five times from the Jews alone. Then three 
verse 5. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and night I have been in the deep. In journeys of in perils of waters. Perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. Perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. Perils in the wilderness. Perils in the sea. Perils among fell's burden. Weariness and toil. Sleeplessness. Often in hunger and thirst. In fast and offering. Cold and nakedness. Beside all these things. What comes upon me daily. My deep concern for the churches. But he stood. Paul stood. You will stand too. You haven't received 39 lashes yet have you? You've not even received it once. You've not been beaten by rods. You've not been stoned yet. I mean a few enemies have come against you. In perils your neighbors you know. Your friends, your cousin is always making life miserable for you. Your business partner. Just one business partner is harassing your life. Look at Paul. He stood. Tell the person next to you, I'm going to stand. You have to learn from people who stood. Job stood. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And he will stand at the last day. He stood. You have to do everything you have to do to stand. You have to keep standing. Keep standing. Pray. Learn. Stand. You may fall sometimes, but rise up again. You may be discouraged, but encourage yourself. You may cry, but you will laugh again. Weeping endures for the night, but joy definitely will come in the morning. Whatever has come against you will come to pass. Nothing is going to stay permanent in your life to destroy you. It is an arrow against you, but you will stand, you will overcome, you will be the head and not the tail. And for most of you, the things you've been believing God for the last 20 years, guess what? You are quite close to it. It's just half a mile away. It's just half a mile away and you are going to enter into it and you're going to see it. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand. And the final place that Paul tells us to stand is in verse 14. He says, stand therefore. I like it. Stand therefore. Stand therefore means that after you have been you have done everything to stand, just stand. So, I, the, the impression I get is, you know, somebody who is standing and he's wobbly in his feet, but stand there for. Still standing. I may be holding a walking stick, but I'm standing. I, my knees have been broken, but I'm still standing. I, I, I have been buffeted left and right and, and, and sometimes I feel I'm not strong enough but I am still standing. I am on the ropes. I've been giving blows but I'm still standing. It's my rope-a-dope. Still standing. Still standing. So he says, stand therefore. 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 He said, Pastor, I don't even think I'm standing well. At least you are standing. You may not be standing straight, but you are standing. You may be bended, but you are standing. 
You may, you may feel like you are bending sideways, but you are still standing. No matter what the shape you are in, you are standing. Because sometimes in life you don't stand straight. You stand bowed. You stand turned. You stand bleeding. You stand crying. But you're standing. And that's all God wants you to do. Keep standing. That's all Florence Chadwick needed to do. Keep swimming. My muscles are weak. Just throw one at a time. One at a time. One hand at a time. One arm at a time. And in a few minutes, even without seeing it, she would have inherited it. You don't see your way clear. Keep standing. He says, stand therefore. How do we do that? See yourself standing. See yourself standing. You've come through fire and through blood. See yourself standing. You know, sometimes in life, it looks like giving up is the easier one. I have mentioned this before. I said it's like having a runny tummy. Sometimes you have a running stomach and you are somewhere in town and giving up is very easy. Has it ever happened to you? You just feel like I should give up. And then you think, if I give up, what will people say? Whatever energy you used <laughs> at that time not to give up, use the same energy. Your mind is playing tricks at you. And you're going through and say, I can't handle another one minute. Oh, but you handled it. Until you got to a safe place. Thank God for safe places. So you're going to stand. Somebody say, I will stand. See yourself standing. Put on the strength of God. You don't stand in your own strength. Stand one day at a time. One day at a time. You don't imagine yourself standing for 15 years. That, that can be very traumatic for you. But just say, I'm standing today. That's all I'm doing. I'm standing today. I'm standing this moment. I don't know whether what the next 10 minutes will be, but for now, I'm standing. And then the next 10 minutes, I'm standing again. And then the next 10 minutes, I'm standing again. And next day, I'm standing again. And next week, I'm standing again. And next month, I'm standing again. You stand moment by moment. There are some things in life that you don't have to have long-term plan for. I believe in long-term strategy. But sometimes survival doesn't need long-term strategy. You just need a short-term strategy. And the short-term strategy is, I'm surviving today. That's all. What's your plan for life? I'm surviving today. Don't you have a vision? It's for today. Can't you think over the next 20 years? If I do, I'll be discouraged. Because when you think about the next 20 years, all you're doing is projecting today for 20 years. And many times when you project today for 20 years, you'll be discouraged today. So all you need to do is to live and survive one day at a time. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'll survive today. And let tomorrow come, 
it will take care of itself. I'll survive tomorrow too. And let tomorrow come and I'll survive tomorrow too. And let tomorrow come and I'll survive tomorrow too. And then there's one tomorrow after another tomorrow and another tomorrow. And before you realize it's one year. And then you turn back and you see how God brought you through. Now the thing that you thought was the worst thing of your life, you don't even think about it again. You don't remember it again because God brought you through the storm and took you to the end of your journey. How many of you have gone through life where you thought you would never survive and now you've even forgotten you went through it? Oh yeah, it's happened to all of us. You just felt, I can't take it any longer. I can't take it now. You don't even think about it. It's not even a memory in your head. Somebody has to remind you and say, do you remember 15 years ago when you went through this and you thought this is the greatest shame of my life, I'll never survive it. And look at you, you don't even think about it. Everybody will laugh at me. You've even forgotten about the people you thought would laugh about at, at you. So I'm not saying survive for eternity, I'm just saying survive today. Stand today and stand tomorrow and stand next week.